0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Rhythms podcast. My name is Spencer Lohman, and I serve as the pastor of Vision and Teaching for United City in Greensboro, North Carolina. And listen, it goes without saying that we are so appreciative for those of you who tune in, who listen. I've had a few conversations with people who reference the podcast and the impact that it's had on their life uh, in our local church, as well as in our city, and even friends that are in other places. And so we just are really thankful that it is making an impact because we do feel like in the times that we're living in, in this culture and climate of upheaval and turbulence, that we need anchoring practices and we need anchoring rhythms that orient us around the person of Jesus, that allow us to create space for formation. Uh, a lot of us, when we're talking about what does it look like to change, what does it look like to practice the way of Jesus, we, we just don't know, we don't have the tools. And so our hope, again, is just to provide tools that uh, hopefully are helpful for you in your journey with Jesus. Uh, and again, these practices and these rhythms are not the end goal. I can't say that enough. They're not the end goal, but they are spaces that move us towards the end goal, which is Christ himself, its holiness, its formation into Christoformity in the language of Scott McKnight. So we have a deep gratitude in our heart for those of you who listen and that this is actually making a difference in your life. So if you would, if you've never followed or subscribed to the podcast, maybe this is your first time listening, if you would follow and subscribe, that would mean the world to us, as well as give us a review. If you like the content, you like what we're sharing, just give us a quick review, a five star review. Let's just go for it. Five star review. Um, today, I'm going to have just a very short talk, thought, um you name it, whatever you want to call it, on a practice that is somewhat ordinary uh, and may seem self-evident to some degree, uh, and that is the practice of the rhythm of the calendar. But more specifically, the church calendar, the liturgical calendar. Calendar. Now, some of you listening hear that and you're like, oh no, I grew up in a high church environment and that is just not me. Or some of you are like, oh, it just sounds so liberating and so beautiful uh, and so anchoring. But I have to say, I've recently been thinking a lot about the church calendar and the liturgical calendar, especially as a pastor, but really as a follower of Jesus. I've come to notice that. Our life is so jumbled together. It's so fast paced and so fast moving. We constantly have things going on. We have text messages to respond to, voicemails we have to get to, emails we've got to send, Instagram posts we've got to make, TikToks we've got to watch, YouTube videos that we need to like. Uh, extracurricular activities we're a part of, work to get to, all these things that are coming at us that make time, honestly, all about ourselves. And one of the things I love about the church calendar is it actually helps us realize that we aren't the center of time. The church calendar helps orient us around something much bigger than ourselves. It also helps us realize that our life isn't just linear. That's a very Western European idea that our life is linear. I mean, let's be honest, you go to elementary school, you go to middle school, you go to high school, you go to college, you go to post-grad, maybe, maybe you get a job, then maybe you get married, and maybe you have a kid, and maybe you retire, and there's this kind of like expectation of progression in our life, and it's just not that clean and not that simple for many of us. Um, Life is much more cyclical than we realize. And in fact, in the eastern part of the world, um, life is viewed that way. Time is viewed in terms of seasons. Um, But I want to argue that time is both linear and it is cyclical. Uh, And I want us to become more aware of the cyclical nature of time. Um, I've been thinking about this in conjunction with the spring season that we find ourselves in to see trees that are finally becoming full again I think this was the first year ever where I really noticed the trees going from being bare to being full of leaves or seeing flowers that were you know dead looking in the winter now blossoming I'm literally right now as I'm doing this podcast looking at an azalea bush out a window that just a couple months ago was bare totally now it blooms and Um, There will be a season where it will go bare again, and then the bloom will come once more. And the calendar, the liturgical calendar, helps us to orient ourselves around something bigger than ourselves. Specifically, the liturgical calendar helps to orient time around the life of Jesus, which we, within the church, refer to as the gospel, the story of Jesus. Jesus, the historical reality of the rule and reign of God through the life and ministry, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. And it helps us in 365 days to focus in on a certain aspect of the life of Jesus. Um, So I'm going to kind of walk through the liturgical calendar for you guys just as a reminder um, to Look at your calendar, and even you can get liturgical calendars as a way of just again slowing down and orienting yourself around something and someone ultimately that is bigger than you that will shape you. Um, there's been a bunch of different uh, neuropsychology studies done about that which we give our time is what will shape us, it will form us, it will become our love. And so, if we can allow time itself to be oriented around the, the story of Jesus, I truly believe that it has the potential to shape us and to form us, if we let it, if we allow the Spirit to shape us. Um, I like this quote I was reading earlier today from uh, Seedbed, which is a great resource out of Asbury Seminary, where it says, The Christian calendar unites us as a worshiping community. And as a community of faith, we move forward along the road, which leads us to the one whose name we bear. The liturgical calendar actually helps unite us as the people of God and leads us, it becomes a road that leads us to whose name we bear. The liturgical calendar, the church calendar, begins with the Advent. Now, we have to realize that the Advent um, is viewed in two different lights. Um, majority of people view the Advent as the time leading up to the arrival of Christ. We kind of look at the 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and New Testament. In fact, many of you, if you look in your Bibles, you'll see a blank page between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and and it's kind of the image of Advent for many of us. It's dark, um, but it moves its way into light. Um, but it also historically actually is much more connected to the second coming of Christ uh, and his return, his second return. So you see both the, um, the coming of Christ and the um, second coming of Christ that is pointed to by the Advent season, which means arrival. Uh, and then in the, the Christmas season, we come to December the 25th, and we enter into the christmas tide season where we celebrate the incarnation christ has come he is here and he finds himself in a lonely manger and he is emmanuel he is god with us he is a prince of peace he's a wonderful counselor He's mighty god And we sit in the Christmas season for a period of time. Um, But what I've noticed, for many of us, again in the West, because time is so fleeting for us, days just go by so quickly and we're so distracted by the things we have going on in life, all of the to-dos, that we only allot a single day for these major moments that we commemorate uh, or that we set apart, recognizing in terms of the life of Jesus, but That is not the full picture that the liturgical calendar presents for us. It is, in fact, seasons that we orient ourselves around. That being said, Christmas is one of those days. It's not just one day. It is a season that we must anchor ourselves into. And from that point, we move forward into the Epiphany season, where we look at the divinity of Christ and the divinity of Jesus uh, his his ministry, His teachings, and um, His miracles, all that He did as recorded by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, and from the Epiphany Tide season, which again reveals the divinity of Christ, we move into the Lenten season. And the Lenten season is a season of reflection and repentance, very similar to the Advent season. It's a season that precedes a time of celebration. It precedes Easter. Uh, it's a fasting season and um, from that point we move into the easter season again easter is not a day resurrection sunday is a day but easter is a season that we present um, to the church body and that we live into as the people of god it's 50 days that moves to pentecost um, and on the 40th day of easter we celebrate the ascension of christ um, this kind of inauguration of making it, you know, making it known that I am doing what I said I would do. It's kind of signing this contract, as saying I have completed it. It's another it is finished moment for Jesus, except this time it's at the right hand of the Father, as if to say I am the one who's in control and I will return. And then we celebrate pentecost which is the birthday of the church we see in acts chapter 2 the holy spirit comes on the people of god and from that moment forward we see the birth of a new family the family of god in christ jesus uh, the family that we are now part of as sons and daughters as ones who are made new in christ jesus and after pentecost we sit in the kingdom tide season where we look at the implications of the kingdom of heaven We live into that. We recognize we are co-laborers with Christ. We're not just made new. Now we get a chance to participate in the renewal of all things. We are made new so we might actually create with God in this world, to be salt and light in the language of Jesus from Matthew chapter 5. Then only to find ourselves at Advent once again. And Advent has a way of closing out the year, but also launching a new one again because it puts into perspective the second coming of Christ out of the kingdom-tide season, as well as the first coming of Christ in the Christmas-tide season. But with all that being said, I know that it seems abstract for some of us, but what it helps us do is helps us realize that seasons come and go. And I look at the life of Jesus, and a majority of his large moments in his ministry take place around Jewish festivals. Festivals and seasons were a deep, rich practice within the Jewish tradition that Jesus would have been very accustomed to. In fact, Jesus is crucified during the Passover season. Um, Time isn't just a culmination of individual days. Um, We live in seasons. As I mentioned earlier, the winter, it comes and goes. Followed by the spring, and there's bloom, and there's flowers, and there's beauty. And then we enter into the summer season only to then move into the fall and then eventually into winter all over again. Right now, April the 20th, we find ourselves in the middle of the Easter season looking at and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus and the implication of newness and restoration and what God is doing in you, He's doing in the world. Um, That is is the hope that we live into. And uh, I've just been sitting in that reality recently thinking about the importance of time and seasons. And especially, I think this year, I've noticed more than ever before the changing of the leaves. I don't know if you've ever actually slowed down enough in life to notice the actual movement from winter into spring, but I've noticed recently just trees that were bare for months. Just recently have begun to bloom. I mean, as I'm doing this podcast, I'm looking out my window and I see an azalea bush that just weeks ago was bare. It looked like it had no life whatsoever, and now it blooms. And some of you have to re- realize that your life is like that. There are some seasons and times where you just feel bare. You feel um, broken to a degree. You feel like you're in winter. It feels bitter and dark and cold. And then there's bloom, and there's new growth, and there's formation. But those seasons are necessary. We have to have those. And to sit in this liturgical calendar anchors us in events and historical moments in the life of Jesus and really the larger God story um, while being united as the people of God with this practice that's happened throughout the church through hundreds and hundreds of years. So all that being said, I really hope that you become aware of the liturgical calendar, become aware of the season, allow the focus to shape you, shape even shape your practices. A lot of my practices are shaped by the season that we are in in the liturgical calendar. So I hope this is helpful for you. Just a couple of quick thoughts on the importance of recognizing the rhythm of the church calendar, and orienting ourselves around the gospel story of Jesus, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Grace and peace to you, and uh, we love you so, so much. And um, we hope that the Holy Spirit forms you and shapes you into likeness. Take care.